Hi, I'm Heather. I'm Haley. And and this is Bruno. And we're the Whodunit Sisters, a Kansas City true crime podcast. This episode is on the disappearance of Tabitha Brewer. We went to the apartment that she and Nick Travis lived in, and we went to the site of where her purse was found and where Nick's body was found. So thank you for watching. Sixteen-year-old Tabitha Brewer and her boyfriend, 18-year-old Nick Travis, lived in these apartments with Tabitha's dad. On April 27, 1998, Tabitha and Nick were hanging out here at the apartments with some friends. Nick told everybody that he had plans later that night to hang out with Brandon Howell. Now, Brandon also went to school with Nick and Tabitha, but he wasn't part of their circle of friends, and he's not someone that they knew very well. Tabitha felt left out and she had a little bit of an argument with Nick until he agreed that yes, she could come she could come along too. So later that night, Brandon showed up and Nick and Tabitha got into his car and they drove away and Nick and Tabitha's friends never saw them again. Nick and Tabitha's family filed a missing persons report and initially the police investigated their disappearance as runaways, even though Nick had left his car at the apartment complex and he didn't come back and pick it up and it had a half a tank of gas. He never picked up his last paycheck. He never accessed his checking account after that night. They were doing well in school. They were getting along well with their family and friends and they left all of their clothes and personal items behind. Three days later on April 30th, Tabitha's purse was found at the laundromat at 55th and the Paseo. A witness saw a man throw a yellow trash bag inside a dumpster and then called the owner of the laundromat. The owner got the trash bag out of the dumpster and found a gasoline-soaked purse and called the police. Inside Tabitha's purse was the jewelry that she was wearing the day she disappeared, her makeup, her and Nick's IDs, Nick's wallet chain, and his checkbook. Tabitha and Nick's family told the police that the last person with Nick and Tabitha was Brandon Howell. Police questioned Brandon and he told the police that he took Tabitha and Nick to the Circle K and then he dropped them back off at the, at the apartment. After that initial interview with police, he lawyered up and he left the country. On August 14th, a construction worker was doing work in the backyard of this duplex behind me. As he was getting ready to lay a new patio in the backyard, he ended up finding a shoe and then a foot attached to the shoe and he called police. By that evening, the police had ended up digging up the fully clothed body of Nick. Family members came down to the site and they found out from the media that Nick had died from blood force trauma to the back of the head. When the police searched inside, they found Nick's blood, but there was no sign of Tabitha. 
It's eight years before any charges are filed against Brandon. And when the detectives hand over the case file to the prosecutor, it's over a thousand pages long. They interviewed over 500 people and they discovered um, robbery as the motive. So I want to tell you what all the evidence was. All right, okay. According to the records, Brandon picked up Tabitha and Nick from the, at their apartment around 10 o'clock at night, the night they disappeared. And when they didn't return home, the family members called Brandon numerous times over the next few days. And he denied knowing where they were and gave conflicting statements to numerous people. And then four months later, that's when Nick's body is found in the backyard of the duplex. It was in a shallow grave. Um, and numerous skull fractures were on the back of his head, and it was ruled homicide. Police learned that Brandon's father had been doing um, construction work at the duplex. So that is how they tied Brandon to the duplex, is through his dad. Inside the duplex, police found blood mm -hmm. of Nick's, and a witness told police that he was outside the duplex when Nick and Tabitha were there, he heard Tabitha's voice in the duplex, and he heard screams, male and female screams, and when Brandon came out, he had blood on him, and Brandon said that he had killed Nick. He told the witness that, and that he had taken care of Tabitha. A witness told police this. An informant told police that two days before Nick and Tabitha disappeared, that Brandon had said he had a plan to lure a guy and a girl with a large bank account to a hotel where he planned on holding one of them hostage, taking the other one to the bank to withdraw the money, and then he planned on killing them both in a bathtub. Police learned that Tabitha had recently received a $40,000 settlement for a car wreck that she had been in. So that is the money that Brandon would have been thinking about, mm -hmm. except that it was in a trust fund, and Tabitha, Tabitha could not access that money. Another informant told police that Brandon tried to talk him into robbing and killing Nick mm -hmm. and Tabitha, cutting their bodies up in a bathtub, putting their remains in suitcases weighed down with rocks, and throwing them in the river. When police searched Brandon's car, they found scuff marks from the sole of his shoe on the underside of the trunk. A month before Tabitha and Nick disappeared, Brandon got into a fight with a 17-year-old male over $1,300 that he owed him. Brandon beat that 17-year-old with a baseball bat, broke his wrist, and then fired a gun at him as he ran away. That 17-year-old dropped the charges against Brandon when Nick's body was found. And then, one more, 17 months before that happened, Brandon had broken into an apartment, terrorized the people who lived there, cut the phone lines, stabbed a person in the hand with a butcher knife, and decapitated their pet cat. Brandon was found guilty of those charges, and so when the murder trial of Nick and Tabitha was taking place, he was incarcerated for that. So first-degree murder charges are filed on Tabitha and Nick. 
and it goes to trial. The jury deliberates for five hours, and Brandon's found not guilty. Five years later, he breaks into a couple's home, and he beats the couple to death. And he steals a car, and on his way out, he shoots and kills three other people. So he killed five people. He goes to trial. He is given, he received five life sentences, and he will never be eligible for parole. I wonder if during trial, if they were aware, you sometimes if they're not aware of all of the evidence. After all of that, to, to be given, yeah. Because they could have saved five people. Exactly. And it's the same county. It was still Jackson County, both, both trials, because Nick's body was found in Jackson County, even though he went missing from Johnson County, Kansas, yes. So she County. could be in the river as far as, you know, as long as, you know. That, yeah, because according to what he told two people, it was, yeah, put her in the bath, you know, put him in the bathtub, cut him up and throw him in the river. Very possible. Because I'm wondering if she screamed, but he could still have killed Nick in the, the duplex and then taken Tabitha and at least tried to get money. And then that's where, like, I can't access this money until I'm, I don't know what it would have been, 21 or something. She was 16. So, yes, he could have done that. But I was just with all the other witnesses coming forward, and especially the people who are outside the duplex and heard the screams. But... Yes, so not guilty with them, and then five years later, he kills five people. Wow. Right. At least he's locked up now. He's locked up. He'll never, ever, ever get out. But Tabitha is, Tabitha has never been found, 1998. Yeah, I know his dad is still, her dad, I mean, is still looking for her. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot of things trying to, to bring awareness to her. They've done runs and, you know, um, um, fundraisers. 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 Um. Mm -hmm. So during the trial, the defense attorney brought up that the dad and son would sometimes would even question people before the police. And so the defense tried to make it look like well, the family zeroed in on Brandon, so that's what the police did. But I think any dad and family member... Yeah, would have, if you're able to, to do anything. Right. So, but that's that's what the defense tried to, to say, was that the family, that the family was too involved in the investigation. So, again, that I... That makes no freaking sense. It doesn't. Sense. So, if you have any information on where Tabitha Brewer may be, um, you can contact the TIPS hotline. You can message us. And also, um, we've been having problems. Do we mention that? Yeah. We've been having problems um, finding cases or people stepping up and wanting to um, do their loved ones' cases. But we are here um, to give you all that platform so that you can get the word out of your loved ones and... We're here, obviously, to try to help you and help them solve these cases. So, right. please subscribe. Please share. We need all the help we can get. Right. We really appreciate it.
we appreciate you guys watching and um, sharing, commenting, subscribing, like I said. With over 700 unsolved murders in Kansas City, these people are walking among us, and we got to get them off the street. 700, is that, is there a time frame in that 700? Or seven? It's from the 70s. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, so thank you very much for watching. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.